Dear friends in Christ, God's light of amazing grace really shines upon us all. And throughout this season of Advent, we get to hear how that promise of grace shines its brilliant light through the stories of biblical characters and messengers of God's promise. And during these weeks in Advent, uh, we'll get to hear how these stories of the light of grace really show us those themes of hope and peace and joy and love. The first account we get to hear about is Zechariah, and he's the father of John the Baptist. His story shares how God's amazing grace of the light of hope, how it overcomes the darkness of despair. Now that name Zechariah literally means the Lord remembers. And once Zechariah was himself filled with the promise of grace, he proclaimed that the Lord has shown the mercy promised to our ancestors and has also remembered his holy covenant, the oath that he swore to our ancestor Abraham so many years before Zechariah. And when the Lord makes a promise, as he did with Abraham, we know that it will not be broken. Abraham, he was promised to have some very special things, like a nation of descendants. God had greeted him, saying, Fear not, Abram, I am your shield. Your reward shall be very great. But Abraham, he was really fearful, and he was also despairing. And he really didn't see any future in his life. Abraham replied to the Lord, O Lord God, what will you give me? For I am continuing to be childless. You have given me no offspring, and a member of my household will be my heir. Now we know that at that time, Abraham and Sarah were childless. But God was the one who was not going to leave Abraham in the spirit of despair. And for all the fear and despair that so darkened Abraham's vision, well, the Lord, he brought him outside where Abraham had been sitting in a tent of isolation. You can call it that. And he says to look up to the stars in the night sky. And there the Lord said, look toward heaven and number those stars, Abraham. If you're able to number them, which you're not. And he says, then so shall your offspring be. And there that light of promise was shining down upon Abraham. And Abraham, in his silence, he believed in God's promise. And like the counting of the stars, his own faith was even counted to him as righteousness, as shared later in Genesis 15, verse 6. A son, Isaac, was born to Abraham and to Sarah. And he was the fulfillment of that particular promise. That son was a testimony of Abraham's faith. And just as that dark silence of despair was not the end of Abraham's story, it's not also going to be the end of Zechariah's story either. And we know, ultimately, it's not the end of our story. There's hope to come. And that light of hope overcomes all the darkness of our despair, even today. It's absolutely certain that we count We matter to God, and we're counted by our own faith and trust in God's amazing grace. We're counted among those descendants of Abraham, those descendants of promise. Faith and hope, well, in this promise, it casts aside all that fear and despair. And the Lord remembers his promise. 
And we're going to want to keep that story of Abraham in mind as we now look at Zechariah's account. Both of them were descendants from a priestly family of the line of Aaron. They were godly, blameless, and yet there was darkness that overshadowed their lives. Zechariah and Elizabeth, his wife, they were childless just like Abraham and Sarah. And like Abraham and Sarah, they were promised by God that they would have a child. But they were quite old. And Luke's gospel describes it as them getting on in years. Zechariah, he was doing his normal activity. He was serving his round as being a priest in the temple, offering up prayers as incense for the people who were praying outside. And as that incense was lifted up to God, so were the prayers lifted up to him. What were the people praying for? We're really not told. What do we pray for as a people? Is it comfort and strength and perhaps rescue in our own times of stress and trials that we go through? Is it for that light of hope in the darkness of despair that we see even in our own world today? What was Zechariah's prayer? We're really not told about that either. Well, we do come to know soon that he was also praying for the light of hope, even praying that God would grant him a child. And as he's praying there at that altar of incense, an angel of the Lord greets him, and he's terrified and overwhelmed with fear. And we know such reactions of fear when angels come, pretty common, aren't they? There was those encounters with Mary, the angel was there, and also the shepherds on that night when Christ was born. They were very fearful. But the angel here says to Zechariah, don't be afraid, for your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you will name him John. And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. And yet Zechariah's response to this promise, it's not one of hope or trust. Zechariah asks for a sign. He says, how will I know this, that this is so? For I am an old man, and my wife is getting on in years. How will I know? How will I know that this really is true? Well, you might think that having a divine messenger like an angel would be good enough to share with him and to prove it, to be that sign. And yet Zechariah, like many of us, he's filled with doubt in the very face of the promise. And Zechariah really reveals how much he's still in the dark, even when that light of grace is shining on him now at this moment. He uses the words like old and uh, getting on in years, referring to his own life and the life of his spouse. And so the angel gives Zechariah a sign. He says, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God, and I've been sent to speak to you and to bring you this good news. But now, because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their time, you will become mute, unable to speak until the day these things occur. The sign for Zechariah was that he was going to be silent, just as Abraham was silent too as he sat in that tent of isolation before he was led out to see the stars. As Zechariah 
encourages his people as he emerges from the temple, he's unable to speak. He can't let them know. They know that he's seen a vision, but he just can't communicate it to them. And later when Elizabeth eventually gives birth to John, the people, they gather, and Zechariah's there, and the people start using hand gestures to Zechariah because they think, well, if you can't speak, you can't hear either. And there are times, too, when perhaps that inability to speak and the inability to hear are more connected than we think. Well, we should neither pity nor chastise Zechariah for his lack of trust. If anything, we should each look in a mirror and see a reflection of our own story, too. Such doubts, they cloud our minds and our hearts. From that light of hope, even as we listen to pastors who normally speak from pulpits and are proclaiming the good news to us, we can be so overwhelmed by our despair that we become silent and we don't hear that word of grace. And sometimes even the very preachers themselves, priests like Zechariah, they can find themselves so caught up in their own web of dark despair that they find it difficult to grasp God's amazing grace. And what they do perhaps in the silent hours of night, thinking, well, what message should I proclaim? Or maybe even worse, that they may proclaim a message that is not that promising word of hope that their hungry worshipers really need to hear. And so, with no good news proclaimed or heard or trusted, we become silent. It's a sign of our times. And like Zechariah, we go to the silence of our own homes. Just as Abraham lay in despair in that tent of isolation. And if there was ever a time of God's light of grace and a promise of hope in that word, when there's so much despair and silence going on, this is the time when it's needed. But as I said, that's not the end of Zechariah's story. He would soon come to speak again and even to preach again. And he did this when the days of these things occurred, when they would come to pass. When he wrote on the tablet, his name is John. And then he started speaking again. That promise that was revealed in his own heart and spirit. And what was it that the Lord in his remembrance promises to us to bolster our hope? Well, Zechariah, he had the answer even for us now. To give knowledge of salvation to his people by the forgiveness of their sins. To give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death. To guide our feet in the way of peace. As the Lord had promised, a child would be born to Zechariah and Elizabeth. And the new promise is dawning in the birth of their child. But really the fullness of that promise is in the form of another child. That child who was laid in that manger, Jesus himself. And with these promises of hope and gracious salvation, Zechariah comes to treasure really all the things that point ahead to Jesus Christ. Jesus is the one who graces us with the forgiveness of our sins. Jesus is the one who shines God's gracious light of grace that overcomes our darkness and our death. Jesus is the one who gives us peace. And we see that our silent and our fearful despair 
It's overcome by him because he gives us wholeness. He gives us that hope. Hope always points to a future. And that future is now dawning upon all the people. And John, Zechariah's son, he would play an important role in that hopeful promise. John is not the redeemer. He's not the one who made payment for our sin. John is not the savior who comes from that house of David. And John is not the one who rescues us from our enemies, like sin and death and even the devil. John's role is one that is filled with humility in the presence of the one Jesus who does all things. And so when the people ask in their amazement about Zechariah's child, they say, what then will this child become? Well, Zechariah's answer is, and he speaks to his son at this point, you child will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways. John is the one who prepares the way of the Lord. He's the one who's got that prophetic voice crying out in the wilderness. He is speaking to people who are in their own wilderness of life, their barren lands. And he's calling them to repent and turn to the one who is coming after him. And this one, the Messiah, he will come to remember us in hope, in the covenant of grace. And so John points to Jesus and he says, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. The greatest of God's gifts of grace, of God remembering his promise of hope, it's Jesus Christ. And we see here that Zechariah, in the end of that gospel reading, he sings out loud about that. And he says, it's by the tender mercy of our God, the dawn from on high who will break upon us. That tender mercy of God, that's Jesus. Tender mercy means compassion. That compassion in the very heart of God, it comes in the form of that child who is our Lord. The one who eventually, as that adult, some 30 years later, he goes to that cross of Calvary for us. Jesus died on the cross to bring compassion to us all. And he's the one who was raised from the dead so that the song of his undying, really tender compassion for us will never be extinguished. Jesus is that morning star. He's the light of grace that dawns from on high. And it comes upon us, even today. Jesus takes his place with us in the world. And so that we may not be trapped in that silent tent of despair, because he's with us. We can boldly confess his name, and also that promise of hope that enlightens the whole world. Because you know what? It's a dark world around us. And so as we are those lights in the world too, as Jesus claims that we are to be those lights on the hill, we need to shine that good news so that the people of a dark world will hear it and they will come to believe and trust in that same Lord and Savior as we do. He's the one who shines over all the darkness and even death. And he graces us with the peace so that we know that we are reconciled with him and with each other. In Jesus' name, amen. And now may the peace of God, which surpasses all of our understanding,
Keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, who is your Lord and Savior. Amen.